Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by theplayingonpodcast.com, brought to you by Constant Pursuit. That's Mr. Rusty Glaze from San Diego Dynasty, creating websites for paintball fields all over the U.S., uh, and also uh, people, I believe, uh, Mr. Marcelo Margot's website is brought to you by Constant Pursuit. But, uh, but yeah, Rusty brings very simple solutions with extraordinary results. Um, go ahead and check him out if you're a field looking for uh, some representation on the World Wide Web. So thank you, Rusty. Again, that's theplayingonpodcast.com. For episodes, I mean, you're already listening to this episode, so you found it one way or another. But we also have them posted on, uh, on the, theplayingonpodcast.com along with pictures, info, uh, background information, criminal record, <laughs> anything uh, that you have interest in about the podcast or myself, head over to uh, theplayingonpodcast.com. Uh, we are also brought to you by Patreon. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, my patrons over there who are helping support this podcast. It, it really does mean a lot. And, um, I can't thank you guys enough, and um, one way I would like to do that is by giving y'all a shout out. Big thank you to Andy K, Cameron, Corey S, David R, James B, Jennifer B, Ryan R, Sasha Z, Tom B, a lot of B's, <laughs> uh, Nikki T, and William M. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much, and gals. Thank you all. Um, it really means a lot, and just to uh, you know to have the backing and support from uh, from people like you guys out there and the listeners. But uh, but the patrons, thank you so much, greatly appreciated, so much. Um, and if you guys would like to become a patron, please head over to Patreon.com/slash The Playing on Podcast, and uh, and yeah, you can uh, you can help out. There's many ways to support, uh, but that's one of them. So thank you, everybody. This episode is with David Mullis. He is a photographer that I was able to get to know uh, during my career. And sorry, coffee break. And um, great guy, great eye for uh, for just the field in general. And um, I was able to get to know him more on Aftershock um, through some of the players that were uh, that were on the on the team uh, towards the end there, and it was it was cool to hear his story and and kind of where he came from. And right now he's actually working for uh, this company called a supplement company called First Form, who is just blowing up at the moment. And he is the lead photographer, head of social media over there and just killing it and in and, and also playing paintball and uh and shooting paintball with the camera and it's it's cool to see i, I like doing podcasts with with people from different angles because you get to see it from a, a different angle uh if you know what i mean and uh you get to be able to kind of absorb it in different ways i'm trying to explain it in a way but maybe i am i don't know 
uh, but I really enjoyed it. He's a he's a great guy, stand-up guy, um, awesome eye for the field, and and yeah, here he is. Without further ado, my podcast with David Mullis. So what's new, bud? Uh, not much, just working, trying to play paintball, but working nonstop. Working a ton at the at the first forums. Yeah, yeah. Just like I don't have any time to like breathe, basically. But I mean, it's a good like it's a good problem to have. So yeah, whatever. What's uh What's your official kind of title over there? Um. So basically, I. I kind of do a, a bunch of different stuff. I think officially I'm like the lead photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, kind of, I do. I help with the video. I help with. I do social media too. Right. Um, and um, I'm lately I'm kind of shifting away, honestly, from first form, and I'm moving. So our uh, our CEO is like um, a big time uh, entrepreneur guy. Right. How do you pronounce so, his last name? Uh, it's Andy Frisella. Frisella. I was way off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway, so he, he's like a big time entrepreneur guy. He does a lot of speaking events and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he's, um, his personal brand is like, very, is like huge and we're, uh, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And so basically I'm kind of being shifted away from first form and going more basically where I'm going to be working exclusively exclusively for him and uh, kind of running the um, uh, content side of things for him. Really? Because um, that's kind of, that's basically like a, you know, a full-time job. So yeah. Um, yeah. He has a bunch of different stuff going right now. We uh, have been doing a lot of cool stuff lately and like meeting a lot of cool people. And it's just, that stuff's really going to start. I mean, it's already taken off, but it's going to like really blow up this year. So mm-hmm. like, um, that's I'm kind of getting pulled away from first form and going more that direction, but I'll still be involved probably a little bit because I've been there the long side of everyone, um, in the media, like the media team. Right. So, um, I, I kind of have the best, uh, knowledge, I guess you could say of how things work and should work there. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm probably always gonna have my hand in it a little bit basically. So how, how did that come to, fruition with with you and first form what's the what's the story behind that um okay so basically um i'm like super big car freak Mm -hmm. like i'm obsessed with cars i haven't noticed with your instagram yeah yeah always have been (laughs) so um uh for a long time i was um working at a couple different uh exotic car dealerships Mm mm-hmm and I was doing like photography and like kind of a lot of, of the um, like behind the scenes stuff, like inventory management and things like that. And anyways, um, Andy, the CEO of First Form, he used to be a customer of one of the dealerships I would work at. And he would come in and like one of the like this dealership, we were like we tried to be like the kind of like the cool exotic car dealership where like. Like a lot of, I don't know if you know, but a, a lot of those places, if you go in and you don't look like you have money, basically they, they treat you like shit sure. and like, they, yeah, they'll just ignore you. And, and if you're not buying something, they'll want you to leave and things like that. Well, anyways, we were trying <laughs> to kind of be the opposite of that. Right. And where like people could come and hang out and, you know, just bullshit and stuff. And so anyways, he liked that. So he, he would just come up and hang out all the time. And, um, what was he doing at the time? What Was he first form at the time or was he 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so first form has been around for a little over ten years now, um, but it hasn't really started growing since um, two thousand. I would say probably two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. So it was already like starting to starting to grow by then, but like it wasn't anything like it is now. And um, um, but anyway, so he had he had some money, right? And he and he was he was he's a legitimate car freak too. And so he would come up and just we just talk about cars all the time, and uh, we text every day about cars and like modif- modifying cars and things like that. And um, um, anyways, like long story short, basically, um, kind of what I had going on at the dealerships, um, it it was okay, it, but I was it was like just not kind of panning out to what I wanted it to be. Right. Like, uh, and I was just kind of getting like tired of it. And so basically, um, one day we were, I was texting him, we were, he was, we were texting each other about cars and, um, he was asking me how work was going and I told him like what was going on. Like I was, the dealerships were giving me a lot of promises. They, they weren't holding up and Mm -hmm. stuff like about like things that they were going to do for me and all this stuff. And he's like, well, fuck that, you know, just come work here. And so basically what happened was, is that was on a Thursday night. And that next Friday, I told my work that I wasn't coming back, and I found one of my buddies, who's another photographer who's into cars, mm-hmm. to come in and kind of, I kind of like showed him what he like. I basically trained him in a day on what I was doing. Right. They hired him, and I was gone, and I was started at first form that next Monday, and and they, I didn't really have like they didn't really have a job for me there at the time, but they kind of just made one. Right. So it just and. It, it it was basically just good timing because um it was right before things really started taking off so um so I even got... though even though the dealerships were kind of screwing you over on promises you were you were still such a stand up guy that you you found somebody to fill in your position at the dealership yeah yeah, yeah. and that and that <laughs> uh, and it's funny too cuz like uh cuz <laughs> that basically led to like three of my friends ending up getting jobs at dealerships so it worked out good <laughs> that's crazy so and then so uh andy hires you um creates this this position for you and i i mean i mean at this point were you an established photographer and this is kind of was your dream job that Uh, that happened or say again Oh, I said, oh yeah, keep going. I was, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, 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 you're good. I was just, I was just curious because I didn't know if you were, um, if you were looking for another, uh, kind of photography, photography position, um, or if you, you kind of just fell into that because that's what you knew for uh, for first form. I mean, probably a little bit of both, honestly. So uh, I wanted to still be able to work with cars and, um and Andy uh, has a lot of really cool cars. So yeah. um, it's a, I'm fortunate enough to get to play around with them quite a bit. And um, so that... Uh, so all the ones that you take pictures of on your Instagram are all his cars? Uh, I wouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, he has... Uh, yeah, he... <laughs> there's a lot of cars. He Yeah, he has a lot of cars, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's building a he's building a thirty eight car garage at his new house right now. Oh my oh my god! That's gonna be kind of like a car museum, and we're gonna be doing uh hopefully 
we're gonna start up um a little uh like youtube series and things like that yeah is, but, i was just gonna say like a mini doc or something on youtube yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be cool like uh he has yeah he has a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of stuff that not a lot of people can get so it's really a lot of fun to screw around with that stuff now he's a pretty uh aggressive guy right oh I mean, yeah yeah <laughs> and i i yeah. just i don't see you being that guy so i guess that common ground uh was the cars yeah 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 so um yeah he is a very intense dude um uh I'm, i know you've probably you've probably seen a little bit of his stuff mm -hmm. um yeah he's like it's very like like no sugar coating like straight to the point like not gonna like beat around the bush type stuff um um and yeah i mean like i don't know like me like me and him do share a lot of the same kind of like personality traits like um it's just he you guys are built the exact same yeah exactly. same body shape yeah, yeah. Everything. right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah like we we have a lot of the same like opinions and things like that so i think that helps and then mm -hmm. um yeah the car is just is like it's just i don't know like it's something about cars like all my car friends like like i have so many friends like that i know through cars and mm -hmm. they're all different but like it's kind of the thing it's like paintball too i guess you could say like where you know there's so many different types of people but like when it comes down to like playing paintball or like doing like car stuff like everyone just kind of like is into that and like just like goes with the flow gets along right has fun that you know you, you all have one main thing in common and yeah, uh, right. you just branch your friendship off of that yeah for sure what um so what is his i mean not to make this podcast about him but it's just super interesting because he's yeah. you know he is an entrepreneur and you know the uh you you are pretty much his right hand man as far as uh you know uh photography and and media right. goes so i'm just kind of genuinely curious but what is his background you know his backstory I mean, how did he so, come to come into this? Yeah, so basically, um, uh, he doesn't he he doesn't come from a lot of money. Um, his his parents never like funded him or anything like that. Like, um, basically, him and his uh, we, he has a business partner. His name's Chris. He doesn't like he he tries to stay out of the uh, the spotlight though. He doesn't he doesn't he's not into attention and stuff. Sure. Um, he's not flashy or anything but um anyways back in, in college they had decided to start a um a retail supplement store over out here in missouri mm -hmm. um uh it's called supplement superstores and um they basically got some credit cards um and uh painted stripes on parking lots to fund this <laughs> um um and they this is um so he has a podcast uh he has a new podcast but his the old pod, podcast is it's still available it's called the mfceo project and they cover this like in great detail but um basically they went 10 years basically without making any money like um the first the first several several years they didn't make any money they literally didn't pay themselves at all mm -hmm. um they had to uh you know like bartend and uh do construction work on the side and stuff to be able to pay their bills right so anyways um uh they put over a decade into this retail store uh with kind of like a no option mentality to where they didn't have a fallback plan to where right. they basically put them in a put themselves in a position where they had to succeed 
and um and from that uh they created a uh kind of a system through the retail stores uh uh it's a it's basically a customer service based system that treats every customer as basically the most important person in the world and um where every transaction no matter how big or small it is um is equally important and um there's a lot of emphasis on um creating that customer loyalty with uh so like they'll for for example they'll they'll do handwritten thank you cards to every customer no matter what no Hmm. matter how long it takes no matter how many there are um uh they'll um they one of the big things that the retail stores uh is known for is kind of uh not selling people's stuff um in like in the sense of um if someone doesn't need something, they're not. They're going to tell them not to buy it rather than trying to make that sale. Being because truthful. The, exactly right. Yeah. Right. So because the the life value of the customer is more important than that sale that day. So um, exactly, you want return. They want return customers, not just exactly. one time customers. Right. Yeah. And so it's it's very heavily based on a set of core values that we have. Uh, we have a there, we have a giant wall in our in our building right now that has them listed down and like that's basically what everything's revolves around you know Mm -hmm. so um uh so yeah and then from that um once that started taking off um it took a long time but it did it did start taking off and from that uh uh andy decided to basically he didn't like the the way that the supplement industry uh is basically so basically a lot of people don't know but there's like there's no regulation in the supplement industry at all like Hmm. you can you can put whatever you want in a supplement and sell it basically and then they say that the fda doesn't well yeah the fda doesn't regulate supplements right so so basically um he wanted to start a company that put an emphasis on creating the highest quality product you could possibly get um Uh, it's a lot of guys that buy supplements. Um, it's weird because um, they they shop based off. It's kind of funny. It's kind of like paintball, but people yeah. get they go for whatever is the cheapest or they they can get for free or whatever it is. And uh, we kind of go the opposite direction. Like we don't ever do sales ever. Like we don't discount anything ever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a premium product. Um, people, the people that buy it know that though, and they're willing to pay for it. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's definitely not for everyone, but, uh, but yeah, the emphasis is definitely on, um, creating the best product to get people the best results. Um, and, and then with that, um, the same kind of customer oriented, um, system is moved over with us too. And so like we have, you can call, first form and they will answer any question you have help you with your diet help you with uh your workouts anything for free like no matter how long it takes no matter who you are Uh um we had a guy uh there's actually a guy uh, i'm pretty sure it's on there's a video of it on youtube i'm pretty sure he recorded it but he just like as a test of that system he called up and um uh asked what spark plugs to get for his truck (laughs) and the customer service guy went online and found found what spark plugs he needed and called his closest auto parts store and like had them waiting for him at the auto parts store 
like stuff like that. Wow. And then, yeah, it's just about going above and beyond basically. So like we've had, um, we've had guys go help customers move things like that. Like, um, um, we've had, uh, we've had guys have, um, have customers have, you know, fallen on hard times and they've let them like complete strangers move into their houses with them so they can get back on their feet, huh. things like that. So it's just all about, um, like doing the right thing. And then the success will come with that as a byproduct right. rather than, rather than aiming for the quick sales. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just, and it's really the past five years, it's really kind of exploded and it just, it's crazy to see because like when i started we had like i think we had like 12 guys and now we're like 125 or something like that and uh we're we're going we're moving into a 185,000 square foot building it's it's just insane like it's a yeah it's just crazy man crazy to see yeah i mean it sounds like it's it's what every company should be <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's so funny too, cause like Andy, like with his uh, uh, he's so like that's all he knows is that like system of business mm-hmm. that like when he hears about um, like other the way that a lot of other businesses operate, he just like can't like understand why they like like not only from like a that's like um like a morality standpoint, like right. taking advantage of people, but like it's just not good a good business model, you know. It's mm-hmm. not sustainable it's for, for growth at least. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just cool to see because we have some of the craziest, like in, like in terms of like loyalty, like the craziest, uh, like, I guess you could say fans. Um, we have, a an event every summer called summer smash where we have like 1500 people, um, pay a whole bunch of money, come out to hang out at our, uh, at our office basically we have a set up a big event um in our parking lot basically and we have like a giant pool and there's like palm trees brought in and food trucks and we had uh uh nelly perform this last year and things like that but anyways like wow. uh these people pay all this money and take all their time off work and stuff and just to come hang out at our office which is hilarious to me but like it's <laughs> awesome but yeah like it's just it's just crazy, man. It's like the and we have there's like people that get get first form tattoos and it's just like, man, this is just wild. Wow. Well, I think it yeah. says something for the company, um, you know, itself. Be I I don't know too much about it. I know I've yeah, I've been right. able to try some product out um, that I that I thank you for and that I I I really enjoyed. I thought they helped out a lot. Uh, I don't. I'm still pretty ignorant as far as. Uh, a lot of the supplements go. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm just big on like uh, lion's mane mushroom and uh, and like a, a few other greens and all that stuff. Dude, so I don't yeah. take anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I, I'm I'm not big on all the, like the pre workouts and everything, but oh, I yeah. uh, and that's the thing is, is is most people don't need that stuff, man. Like that's yeah. what that's like the thing is that people a lot of people think that, that they need that to have success in whatever they're doing, and they don't. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it. It's almost like I, I don't want to speak for it. I, I I don't I don't want to say that I know a lot about it. I don't, but I feel like it's pretty much just like a caffeine almost that just kind of gets you going to yeah, want to I mean, work out and everything. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so much more of like a, like a, a greens based wanting um, 
you know, especially uh, what's the product call that you sent me that has like all the greens in it because um, yeah, uh, Optic Greens fifty. Yes, so yeah, something yeah. like that works perfect because I know that I don't get the amount of of right, vegetables and does, greens. Man. Nobody does, and it helps out a ton. And um, you know, just something like that that people can get exposed to, and um, you know, because I think a lot of people get confused too as to what vitamins to take and and this and yeah. that and this and that and you know having that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing is is um, one of the main things that we try to like get people to understand is is you really don't need all that stuff. Like it's like realistically, you'll really only need. Uh, something like a greens product, uh, mm-hmm. a good multivitamin, and uh, uh, your your protein if you're not getting enough in, which most people don't. But right. um, you don't need like pre workout and things like that. That's just like literally like the word supplement. Like that's it's extra. Like you don't need it. Like like um, and especially if you're eating right, which to be fair, most people don't. But like mm-hmm. if you are eating eating right and things like that you're going to have the natural energy and things like that so you won't need stuff like that necessarily so but uh yeah i mean a lot of guys do use do use that type of stuff to give them a little bit extra of an edge maybe but but yeah you don't need it for sure yeah and you said that andy does a lot of um uh like seminars as far as like was it like like Um, kind of self-motivation seminars um, or is that not as much anymore so um uh, we do, um, right now we're doing, uh, there's a, uh, kind of a high level business, um, um, group called the, uh, Arte Syndicate, which, um, he runs with a guy named, uh, Ed Milet, who's another, um, uh, very high level entrepreneur business owner. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, it's kind of a group for elite business owners to be a part of a network and, um, learn. Um, and so right now that's kind of what, uh, what the, we're occupied with is that it's, it's more of a private thing, but, um, he puts out a ridiculous amount of free content basically. So, um, as far as, uh, being an entrepreneur or business owner, or even just like kind of like personal development stuff, um, I don't want to I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased cause I'm involved with it, but, uh, <laughs> like the, uh, the MFCEO project podcast, uh, is really probably one of the most valuable like resources mm-hmm. that people have and it's free um completely free there's no ads on it like nothing it's just sh- like straight up free um uh it was it's been uh number one uh ranked in the business category on itunes multiple times and it's been number one overall a couple times too really uh in podcasts yeah and um um it's like i said it's free uh there's hundreds of episodes and uh it's all like practical stuff that like anyone can put in a in use no matter what if they're a business owner or they're an employee in a business or if they're uh just trying to uh, kind of like better themselves and mm-hmm. um yeah like i'm not i i'm not big on like the whole like internet motivational stuff personally but like right. uh i know that that he's genuine in it and that he knows what he's talking about and because like i've seen the product of it you know with my own eyes and uh i know that what he says is the truth and what and it works and um uh i think that the mfceo project podcast is 
is legitimately probably one of the most valuable things available to people on the internet right now, like in general. Yeah, um, I'll just we, we start, to it. yeah, we started a new one. It's called uh, Real AF, and it's more of a, a conversational. It's kind of like this, where it's it's more of like a conversation type thing, where we'll have guests on there and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of more just kind of chat. Um, but uh, the the MFCEO project is straight education learning, um, and it's it's it is like intense. There's a lot of uh, it's not for everyone, as he, as he <laughs> says. But uh, 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 yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. I'm uh, trying to get take notes on all this stuff, just because That's I'm opinion. I've been looking more into entrepreneurship and. And right, uh, yeah. kind of breaking away from, from the whole rat race thing. So, yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, dude, life is short, man. And I think you probably, you know, have had a uh, a decent career over there, and have seen a lot of things. And yeah. um, just like everything, you know, all good things come to an end. Not not that it's going to. I'm saying that in a way of like now you're entering into a new side, like with Andy. Exactly. Yep, so you yep. know, so it's like. You know, things happen, you know, n- nothing always lasts forever. So there's right. always something new. So it's like, I'm, I'm just trying to think ahead of like, do I want to, you know, what do I want to do next? Do you want to, do I want to be content with, uh, with the way things are going on with how a, millions and millions of people are doing right now that they're, that they're right. just content with their life and what they're doing. And I think I've just come to a point where I'm like, I gotta do, I gotta do something else. You want else, something man. more for yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like yeah. my dude, you could do it. That's the thing is, is, is most people's problem is they just don't start. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, they're they, afraid to lose. They think about the what ifs and then they don't start. And that's the problem, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause it, it and you'll, you don't know unless you try. Yeah. I, I sure. think there's so many people out there that just would rather not try and, and, be content with where they are than possibly fail. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, failure is always a learning curve. You yeah. Know, fail, failure is always going to teach you lessons. And unless you go after those lessons, you're just going to, you're just going to be at chapter one, the, your entire life. Exactly. So yeah. MF is it MF CEO. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Motherfucking. And we CEO. And, and I know that we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yes. There's a lot of uh, of strong language in it. I'll put it that way. But, That's okay. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, and um, I would suggest uh, if you, if anyone wants to listen to it to to start listening to it soon because I think we might be changing how we um, make that available to people mm-hmm. in the future. I'm not sure if we are or when, but I know we've kind of been talking about it. So right. Very cool. Ah, oh, dude, it's so neat. Yeah, because I, I just, I was so interested in it, and I've been meaning to talk to you about it because, yeah, um, you know, not too often you have somebody on the end of a multi-million-dollar company. Oh and yeah, I get it, dude. Yeah, dude, I, I I'm dude, so I was... just and genuinely curious, just how you know how something like that operates and and who the people are as far as like, you know, are they all assholes or are they just you know people with money who are very smart and right. who know how to uh not not work the system but know how to not settle correct yeah and that that's it's funny because that's one of the uh 
the kind of slogans for first form is never settle. But um, uh, yeah. yeah, like I, I mean, I was that was those were ex- my exact thoughts too, like six years ago before I started. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I definitely I understand everything you're thinking. So, uh, growing you you grew up in St. Louis. Uh, sort sort of. I was adopted uh when I was five months old, and um, I lived in Texas for a little bit, but I pre- pretty much grew up in Ohio. Um, really? In, yeah, up in um Lorraine, up near Cleveland. Huh. But um, and then when I was uh nine, we moved over to St. Louis, and uh, that's I that's where I consider that I grew up in St. Louis, basically. Right. Because like that's where like. I did everything that was like meaningful basically. Mm-hmm. But then um, when my parents or when I graduated high school, my parents moved back to Cincinnati and um, I didn't want to go. So I just packed all my stuff up in uh, some big moving boxes and just kind of stayed with friends until I saved up enough money to get an apartment. Now you didn't want to go back because you have now kind of grown into your own and you're, you're now going through your creative years in life at this yeah. point. Yeah. I just didn't want to have to start over basically. Yeah. And that's tough as a teenager. Yeah. Um, or even in your early twenties, uh, you know, having to start over and especially, I mean, I, I don't really know St. Louis. What is St. Louis's weather even like? Uh, it's probably the same as yours to be honest. Um, it's, uh, we have stupid hot summers and stupid cold winters, and uh, this past year I feel like we didn't really have a spring or a fall. Mm. But uh, yeah, just extremely hot and humid summers and very very cold winters. I I think I've I've flown into St. Louis. I don't think I've any, ever spent any time there, but I've always wanted to visit. I mean, it, but dude, it basically it's like Chicago just without the wind. Right. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, I gotta get my ass down there. Yeah, it's cool. Maybe I'll maybe I'll come down and uh, stay on your couch. Hell yeah! So how when did um when did paintball come into the picture? Uh, so uh, it was a birthday party, like everyone else. Um, mark another was... notch, another yeah, birthday party. Yeah. No, I think that every time I would hear you do a, a podcast <laughs> with someone new, I just laugh. But uh. It's yeah, winning like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I was like nine. I want to say we went and played for my buddy's birthday party, and in Ohio or in St. Louis? No, in St. Louis. Yeah, and um, we played just played in the woods, and I remember it being a lot of fun. I don't think I shot anyone. Um, uh, I remember my buddy's parents like splurged and got everyone. Uh, like the the spiders instead of uh um whatever like I don't even remember what kind of gun it was it wasn't mm-hmm. a Titman but it I, I want to say they might have been like brass eagle guns at the time Ooh. it's like they're like base level guns but anyways they decided to ball out and get us spiders and Damn. so yeah so we that was a lot of fun I remember um and then I remember not playing for a long time after that um but it, I re- would always like think about it and mm-hmm. um. Then I think I had ended up going to another birthday party afterwards, a couple maybe like a year later, and we went to a different paintball field because the first one we went to they didn't have like speedball or anything like that. Um, it was just like all woods. And they would have like the fields with like that like 
um, they had like a like a crashed airplane and things like that. Sure. Like all sorts. Yeah. And so um, the second time, I remember we went to this other this, this other field, and they had um, like all different types of fields, and um, and then obviously in like open play, they'll take you around play on each field, mm-hmm. and I, I remember really only having. I, well, not only having fun on the speedball fields, but like um, having a lot more fun on them. Yeah. And um, what year was this? This had to have been 2005. No, dude, way before that. Before that? Yeah, yeah. How old are you? I'm 31. Oh, you're closer than I thought. Yeah. So, uh, man, what year was this? This had to have been like 19. Man, this had to have been like 1999, I think. Because I was already playing when, when like Pro Ten Main was still a thing. I feel like I got into the game so late. I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. start playing until so, like two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. I, I started playing. I want to say in like nineteen ninety nine, and um, um, I ended up. I don't know how, but I just ended up meeting a bunch of kids that like I went to school with that played paintball too. Mm-hmm. So, um, like JJ Williams, he's one of them. Um, Ooh, JJ. I grew up with JJ. He's a good dude. And uh, um, so, anyways, so we had like a little group of guys that would just go play paintball every single week. And um, uh, I remember the first year I really started getting into speedball was like the second to last year of of ten man. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember JJ went to go play World Cup ten man. I remember that, and I was so jealous of him. But um. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, and then I remember after that, uh, we, dude, we, we would have like, <laughs> dude, we were the biggest nerds. We would go like, we had like a group of like five friends and we were all, we'd all play paintball together and, uh, we all went to school together too. Right. And, um, so like after school, we'd all go over to like someone's house and like, uh, whoever had like stolen the most paintball DVDs from the other <laughs> It was it wasn't even DVDs, like tapes. Yeah, we their house and like just like just watch paintball movies all day long. And um, I'm right there with you, man, dude. I watched all the DVDs and all the all the videos and everything that I could paintball related. I was a sponge, dude. Yeah, like we like we would go up. So like we were obviously all friends with the guys that owned the paintball stores around here too. So we would go up and like just like sit up there and like play around with like the paintball guns on the walls and stuff like that. Yep. Did and, the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so that was like all we did for like basically our like junior high and high school lives. And um uh those are good times, man. Yeah. But anyways, um we ended up starting we started a a team when X Ball started. It was the first year the first year X Ball came out, um and we put we ended up making a team to play Chicago at Badlands. And, um, it was, I remember it was wild because I think it was like uncapped ramping. <laughs> no, it was uncapped semi is what it was, but like right. everyone had shooter guns and stuff like that. So like everyone's guns were just insane. And, uh, what no were you one, shooting no, at the time? Uh, I want to say an intimidator of some sort. I but feel it like had everybody like, was back then, dude. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it had some stupid like board in it and it was just like, yeah, it was just, I would, I would not want to get shot by it now, but, uh, uh, we went and did that and got our asses beat. It was just a throw together team, but we had a bunch of kids from like, um, 
from here and then we had a bunch of kids from like florida and stuff like that that jumped on and played because back then you had to have like 15 guys to play x-ball that's right yeah and and um but yeah anyway so we all had a lot of fun even though we sucked and then um (laughs) (laughs) and uh so we put together a team to play nppl after that we we made a seven-man team we went to huntington beach i remember r.i.p yeah that was the the coolest thing ever Mm. and um we went to Huntington Beach, played, and everyone was hooked after that. And we played – I think we played like three quarters of the NPPL season that year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, I missed seven, man. That was so fun. But, Dude, uh, it was the best format. For me, like as as a player, as a player, I feel like seven, man, was the best creative format because yeah. you didn't have too many guys to where it was boring as shit. But then it wasn't – you could see plays kind of play out, and you could see creative players kind of emerge. Um, yeah, just be, yeah. Exactly, because X-Ball was so fast and in your face that I feel like it was exciting to watch from a spectator standpoint. But I feel like it's almost like X-Ball is more hockey and 7-Man was more like baseball. Where it's like, shit, shit kind of didn't start happening until like something happened, and then it would, and then it would like kind of rally, and then things would start happening. So like you kind of had that that ten man beginning, but once the ball kind of started rolling, it was like, you know, people would start making moves and everything, and then it was I don't know. If, to me, it was like super genuine. Yeah, I love I mean, playing it. Like. And, like, to be honest, like, I kind of, like, back in the seven-man days, like, I kind of did what you did. I was kind of, like, the little missile. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, I was like five feet tall, and I was, like, stupid fast at the time. And uh, so I would just run. They would just, I would just run to the places that no one else could get to. Yeah. And um, I always enjoyed that back then, too. I hate thinking about that now. But, like. Um, it's cool finding the lanes, though. Like. You know, thinking about it because, you know, when somebody says, uh, you know, well, it's like walking a field, right? It's like since you play that position, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like when you walk a field, you know, that's that's one of the things I did was like, I okay, I'm seeing a position. And, yeah, I can make my bumps up to this position, but how can I get here alive off the break? And you kind of find that path and that that running route. And you're like, oh, this will work. And then you have that confident, like, no, yep, yeah, no, I can make it. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's weird now because it's like, like, because I took a really long break from paintball and like, uh, and I'm definitely not the same as I used to be. And it's like just weird now how I have to think about things compared to when I did back then. Mm-hmm. But um, second but nature yeah, back like, then. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, I, I definitely miss that about seven man. Like we we and we would always just make like after a while like obviously it was hard to afford uh to play nationally as a bunch of kids but um yeah we'd always find uh friends that would be able to to jump on or whatever it was um like we we played uh man i played with so many random people like that a lot of pro guys like we played with uh <laughs> we we played uh d3 with uh brad mccurley and, nice. and, and dude yeah like me and him just like we were we both kind of did the same thing but we still sucked at that tournament <laughs> brad's but, a killer um, man yeah he's nasty but um uh but yeah and anyways so 
around a little bit after all that happened, um, St. Louis paintball started kind of really taking off. Um, uh, Drew Templeton, he moved there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And me and him became really good friends. Um, and, uh, I actually lived with him for a little bit too. Um, but, uh, uh, he moved there and, uh, we ended up getting this really awesome, uh, indoor paintball field called the Coliseum. And, um, it was like the biggest indoor field in the country at the time. And it was just like, like they spent a ton of money on it and it was just like, everything was done right. Uh, and, um, anyways, we ended up having, um, teams would, it was like nice. So teams would, would travel out there to practice. And so we would, we started practicing against really good teams. Like, uh, we'd practice the vicious guys a lot or diesel. And then, um, the, the voltage guys from Chicago Oh yeah, and, um, teams like that. And so, um, we all started getting pretty good, like pretty fast. Cause we would just basically get our asses beat all the time by those guys. And, um, but I think at the same time, I think back then, um, not to interrupt you, uh, but oh. you know, thinking about it, you know, yeah, when when we were all younger and we were playing, we got our asses kicked. But at the same time, we had so much time to dedicate to the game that I think it was a process of just uh, a ten thousand hours thing. Right. Yeah. Where, no, for that, sure. You know, maybe not everybody went pro, but there, I mean, there's still a lot of successful like divisional teams, and uh, and I, I think just getting to the place that we all eventually got to, I think it was just like a you know, if you dedicate your time and you show up, I mean, there's there's very few reasons of why you shouldn't be able to succeed. Yeah, I mean, because like for just for example, we used to at that indoor field, we would we'd get to play paintball like four times a week. Jeez. So like we'd get to go there after school and play, and like we we could go in anytime we we could go there at two in the morning and play. They would they would like let us do whatever we wanted. Wow. So we could play like literally like every day if we wanted to, and um. So yeah, that's kind of when everyone everyone kind of started taking off as far as St. Louis goes. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, I know you know, but like the Midwest still isn't like it's it's kind of dead as far as teams go. Com- you know, compared to to the coast or you know Texas or things like that. Oh yeah. So, so um, after playing uh, for a while a couple of us just wanted to start like um, looking for other options basically. So JJ had found um, a team in Florida at the time that us. And so that was his thing. And um, I don't think I was ready at the time to play with those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But he, what was the team? It was, uh, I think they're called static. And, um, Oh yeah. I remember static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we would go down and play with those guys in like Atlanta and Florida and stuff. They were a big ten um, man team, right? I, th- I think I don't remember for sure. I uh, I know um, one of the guys uh, from that team, Dave. He's on uh, Thunder now, but um, but yeah. And so um, I wanted to find another team to play on, and um, I w- at the time I was really good friends with um, all of the the guys on uh hk out in california mm-hmm. uh, and so i would talk to those guys all the time and um i had heard that san diego legacy was having a tryout so i flew out there jj went with me actually um, we flew out there and there was a tryout at sc village 
and um uh played pretty good and uh basically i don't i'm not sure who they ended up picking up off that tryout i don't know if they even picked up anyone off the tryout Mm -hmm. um but they had enough like kids that were like decent enough that they ended up making like uh like a b team so it was like a uh like kind of like a feeder team type deal yeah and um so anyways i got put on that team um uh and i was just started going out to california uh every other week basically to practice and we'd practice with uh uh with the pro guys so um we would be practicing with iron man and dynasty and um uh and those guys all the time so um we'd either go to sc village or uh hollywood sports park Hmm. and so that 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 was like a really cool experience and um um uh you'll get better quick playing against teams like that because i mean they will they will expose your faults very quickly very quickly it was cool like uh a cool experience getting to like really see what like uh the like what else was out there as far as paintball goes Mm mm-hmm but anyways, um, another level. Yeah. And so, um, at the time, I don't know. It was, I was like basically living the dream dude. Cause like, uh, I was gone all the time for paintball and I was still in high school and, um, like my parents fully like supported, like they were all for it. And, um, my teachers thought it was cool. So they didn't really give me problems with it. Like, right. um, they would let me miss whatever I needed to miss or, um, they, uh, they let me take my finals early cause I was going to miss finals for hmm. paintball and all this stuff. So like I was just gone all the time. I was never at school. Like I was just like doing paintball stuff all the time. And, yeah. um, um, but at the same time, I think I was a little too like, like immature and young, uh, Naive. for, yeah, for that type of like lifestyle at the time. And, um, it was like, stressing me out a lot and um yeah after uh the psp texas event um the one where like snowed yeah dude yeah so um uh uh i don't know like i just like was just i woke up and i was just like over it so uh i like basically was like i don't want to do this anymore and uh kind of stopped like playing paintball seriously after that and um i still played i I didn't like stop playing but like i wasn't like pursuing like going pro anymore yeah and um which sucks too because like looking back on it now like like if i would like kind of stayed on that path i think i would like be doing a lot of cool stuff with that um by now at least Mm -hmm. and uh but it was cool experience like um uh i would uh um, when I was doing all that stuff, I would, uh, like go stay with, uh, Brandon short and, uh, we actually like, talked about, uh, maybe because we, we both lived at home at the time and we actually talked about, um, possibly like, uh, getting a house out there. Cause I was talking about moving out there to play paintball and yeah. things like that. But, um, and I had, I was like, man, at the time everyone was just like so young. Like I, me and, uh, mouse were really good friends when we were like little kids he has some funny pictures from back when we, like we were like little little kids yeah and uh it's just cool to see everyone like killing it now so so you were kind of at the ground level with that generation when, when oh yeah that came in 
Yeah, man. Like, uh, I was playing. I was playing like D three when all the guys that are playing pro now are playing D three too. So yeah, jeez, it was cool. So when did uh, photography kind of make its way into your life? Okay, so this kind of has to do with paintball too. So um, Drew Templeton, he's a really great photographer, mm-hmm. and um, every time we would go play paintball, uh, he would bring his camera and he would let me play around with it in the paintball field. And, um, uh, I started taking pictures with it, with Drew's camera at paintball, like every time we would play. And, um, it just, I don't know. That's just kind of like how I figured out that I liked it and was like, okay at it. And, um, and, um, yeah, I, I ended up getting, uh, not Drew's camera, but the same camera he had Mm -hmm. after that. And, um, started taking pictures of all sorts of stuff. And, uh, even after I, I didn't really like pursue it as like a, like a career until after I stopped playing paintball. Yeah. Cause, um, I stopped playing paintball like for good in like 2007, I think something like that. Um, I, I, I like, I would play like, uh, PSPs. I play like X ball with my friends, like mm-hmm. on like throw together teams. But like after like 2007, no, it was 2008. I, I stopped playing, and uh, I didn't like, have anything to do. So, like, I just started taking pictures. And um, I was really good at, like, networking and meeting, like, people, like, the right people that would, like, kind of move me forward at whatever I was doing. Yeah. So, um, uh, that, like, the like the business side of it kind of just came naturally, and uh, I ended up like getting work pretty quickly with uh photography Hmm. and um uh i was really like shitty at like like my work ethic sucked basically (laughs) so like i didn't like i didn't want to get a real job and like i didn't like that type of thing sure and um so like doing something like that it was like oh man i can like actually make money at this and um uh started like kind of like taking that seriously and, um, one of the other things I'm really into is, uh, I was very involved with, uh, uh, music, the music industry and music photography for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a lot of friends that, um, uh, were in bands or whatever. And, um, uh, things just kind of like worked out to where I kind of just moved into sh- like taking pictures of bands and things like that for record labels stuff like that for a, a long time and that uh was kind of how i got by mm-hmm. um uh but yeah i mean that uh basically drew is the reason i take pictures <laughs> today <laughs> yeah he he kind of sparked that fire yeah for sure so what do you see what are the uh the complications that you see with the uh, the media side of paintball uh now not necessarily with the individuals themselves but more or less with like the process and the the standards and practices that they have to go through just to go to an event I mean do you think there's an easier way to do it do you think mm-hmm. um that there's a more ethical way of going about how to get photographers on the the pro fields and whatnot I mean what's what's kind of your whole take on the whole media side of of the NXL um I don't really know uh i 
honestly, I don't know too, too much about how, like, the, the specifics of how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that, like, obviously you have to apply and be approved um, for, like, a media pass to do it and things like that. Um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how strict the process is for all that. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, um, I'm really good friends with uh, Matt Ingles, who runs the media for NXL. And, um, he actually, we played paintball together back when we were younger, but, um, uh, um, I know that there, I do think that there should be some sort of process to kind of, um, some sort of approval process for, for guys to get on the field, especially the pro field. Like, I don't, I don't know if I can say how strict that should be, but, um, I know that, um, that you the you don't want a million guys on the sidelines it, uh right you don't want to saturate it yeah 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 and it, there comes a point where like where like if there's like all, like just like paintball on sunday like everyone figures out all the shots and like everyone everyone kind of does the same thing well it's the same with the photographers like they'll find all the spots that they need to be in to get like the cool shots on that particular field mm-hmm. and then everyone will kind of just stack up on each other and like they'll just be a hundred of the same picture and <laughs> yeah and like but um but so yeah like, I, th- I do think there's a benefit to kind of limiting the uh amount of people that do make it on the pro field but um i i personally think that as far as like the divisional side of it goes I think that as long as people submit the application the way they want them to, and that they can show that they're not an idiot, then mm-hmm. I think that that should be, they should be allowed to kind of get their feet wet with that. And like, um, cause, cause it is not the same as shooting pretty much anything else. Like it's, it's definitely like there's things you have to know um, when you're shooting paintball and, uh, like where, you, like where you should be, where you shouldn't be mm-hmm. like they going to get shot and it's going to suck. And, um, like not to, to kind of signal where people are and things like that. But, um, and I don't think people should be learning that on the pro field, but, but, uh, I do think that they should be trying to promote more, media coverage like because i mean the more the more people that see paintball the better obviously so right so i think that that there should be an easy route for people to follow if they want to do it the right way do you have any kind of uh tips or anything for for beginning uh photographers coming into the game just now starting to shoot paintball uh do you have any kind of uh little tricks of the trade that you can maybe share uh, I mean, my, my biggest thing is, is like, uh, and this kind of goes just for photography in general, but is just don't worry so much about the gear you have and worry more about getting the experience in. And, um, uh, like a lot of the times back in the day, at least when I would shoot paintball, I would just borrow stuff from my friends, like whatever I could find, I would just borrow it. Cause I didn't, I couldn't afford it myself, mm-hmm. but, um, but I was just more worried about like getting out there and like, because photography is one of those things where like you can read about it all you want but like like you're not gonna to truly kind of like learn what works and what doesn't work until you go out and do it so right like um 
uh, something I'd say, in paintball. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think um, kind of like you know, because there's a lot of guys that that that's all they do is photography. Because I play and shoot pictures, like uh, the the NXL events I go to, I'll play, and then I'll when I'm not playing, I'll go take pictures. But yeah. like, there's a lot of guys that like literally they'll go fly to events just to, to do media, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, but like it's kind of like taking that leap, to, you know, because like because I mean there are a lot of guys that do it, but like you got to think of how many guys want to do it that don't. So I would say just like, you know, save up some money, go to an event. It's, it's, it is different than going to shoot paintball at your local field. Um, and just go do it. And the more experience you have, the better you'll get and you'll start meeting people. And I think meeting people is important and, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, um, building those relationships and that networking will make it easier for you. Yeah. That'll make it easier for you with no matter, with whatever you're doing. Who is your, uh, who's your favorite player to shoot? Ooh. I don't know if I have a favorite player to shoot. Uh, I don't know if I had to pick one, I'd probably have to go with mouse. Just he's, he's so explosive and, uh, you can see, I can see a lot of, uh, intensity in his face when he's playing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with you. Cause, uh, I remember taking some pictures of you, um, at that last, that last event you played yeah. and being able to see your face through the, through the, um, goggles, I, uh, that type of stuff I really like. And, uh, certain people look stupid when they play and certain people don't. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. I, yeah. I thought about that too. Like you have some who look so intense through clear lenses right. and then other people you're like, man, that guy should have some tinted lenses on. He exactly. looks, he yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. looking There's towards the sky. Too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in my opinion, if like the people that look cool when they're playing, they should always wear clear lenses because it looks badass in pictures. Yeah, man. Mouse is definitely one of those guys who has passion in his eyes when he's playing. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then, yeah, you have, it's so crazy. You mentioned that dude. Cause I see some, some pictures where guys look like they're just taking a piss. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what their I mean, eyes like look like. <laughs> yeah. Like they're like, not like, like thinking about, like, I don't know. It's just like, they're like, they're not thinking about what they're doing or like, they're it's like, super passive. Like their eyes look yeah. super passive. Like it's just yeah. like a walk in the park. Yeah, for sure. And they're shooting yeah. a lane. It's yeah. It's so crazy. I guess I probably noticed it more. Cause like a lot of the times I'm like zoomed way in on their face and mm everyone i'm editing but like but yeah like i definitely noticed that type of stuff i love your photos man you, they, they come out so nice um Thanks. and it is and it's not just you know just like you know paintball gear it's not like you mentioned it's not the gear it's you know it's the angle it's the it's the lighting it's you yeah, know yeah. how you set yourself up go- yeah and, and to be completely honest like to go back to what i was saying before about like kind of like how the photographers kind of figure out the shots mm-hmm. like the tournament goes on and kind of you start getting duplicates of the same stuff. Like I, I kind of prefer shooting in the pits more than I do on the field a lot yeah. of the time. And, uh, I like, I like getting, uh, the guys in the pits with, uh, their masks off and stuff like that and trying to kind of tell a story more than, um, a, a picture of someone playing that they've already seen a million times. Yeah, you can capture but, a lot of emotion, uh, you know, in the pits. Yeah, so I definitely kind of, I would say, gravitate more towards 
shooting in the pits than I do on the field. I do like shooting on the field, but like after a while, I'm like, this is enough, and I go in the pits and start taking pictures of people in there. Right. Who uh, who's your favorite photographer? Who right now mm-hmm. or like of all time? Um, both. Okay, so right now, uh, I would probably have to say Brad Baldwin from Inside the Net for sure. Yeah, Brad's nasty. Um, of all time, um, I'm gonna have to go with probably Chris Diltz, the guys from Paint Magazine. Yeah. Um, uh, I really like the guy, the old faceful stuff too. But like, um, Paint Magazine, I just love all of the the, uh, the photography and that that they, you know, and everything that they've ever done. It's yeah. just, it's been they've been more about telling a story than um than anyone else and i that's what i like so mm. that's what i like about dan napley and like the old and in pat spore and like all those old videos they they were you know documentaries for the most part and you you were able to get the behind the scenes right kind yeah. of feel to it and uh yeah because like those like those like intense highlight videos and stuff those are cool but like once you've seen one it's like you've seen them all kind of and it's like Right. I I want to I want to like and that's like kind of one of the things that I wish like and and they are doing more of it but like I wish Ghost Sports would go heavier on is like kind of the telling the story mm-hmm. rather than than um highlight just, reel. Like, straight games, you know what I mean? And, right, yeah. Yeah, that too. So cuz like like I know you've talked about it a bunch of times but like if you don't already like if you're not like invested in the the guys that are playing like that shit's going to be boring. Mm-hmm. So so um I think that like like the more documentary style of stuff is something that could interest anyone, no matter no matter who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just kind of I like that stuff better. Um, with first form, yeah. Uh, obviously, they are a uh, supplement company. You know, really mm-hmm. really heavy on their athletes and and uh, customer service. Why don't we see them? on the paintball circuit as much as i i would like to see uh we've been trying um we've had we've had guys uh in the pro division using our stuff since i want to say 2014 Mm -hmm. um um but yeah i mean i would i would like to see uh see us um kind of become like a league sponsor type deal or something like that. I know, I know I've talked with um, the NXL guys a little bit here and there about it too. And I know that that's something that that they would like to have happen too. Um, Obviously I see there's a lot of value in an outside industry sponsor coming in and backing paintball. Um, uh, Right now though, I think that there's just not enough. um, There's not enough return there to um to kind of justify going in on um as far as like uh from like a business sense um right uh like i know you know but like most paintball guys they want everything for free so uh it's hard to get people to spend money on stuff especially like guys like okay guys that are in really into paintball and that have been into paintball for a long time they're like like i don't i don't want to say entitled but like 
a lot of guys just don't want to pay for stuff. Entitled. Which I get to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, when I, when I was playing ball back, like, before I quit, before I, like, took a big, long, long break, dude, mm-hmm. I wasn't paying anything. Like, I didn't pay for anything for, like, a long time, like, multiple right. years. I was playing completely for free. Like, uh, I got to go play in Europe and, like, just, dude, all sorts of stuff. And, like, I didn't pay for anything. And coming back, it's, like, it, like, sucks. But, like, at the same time, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to fucking be that, like, person that expects everything for free. Right. So, so I, I mean, I get – I understand where the, their side of it. But, like, at the same time, people have to understand that there has to be um, a market there that, mm-hmm. you know, in order – for a company to buy into it, you know? So see, yeah. And I thought of something like, you know, first form with being supplements, you think that would be a great market with, you know, you paintball, think, yeah. yeah. Paintball being an athletic sport. Uh, you, you think the NXL would do, you know, whatever they could to get something like first form yeah. in the door and, you know, having the, all the divisional teams, you know, using it and, and, and experimenting with it and, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it all comes down to business too. You know, is there going to be, uh, you know, a return uh, of investment? Right, or, man. Yeah, it's like, like, dude, I trust me. Like, my my goal is to have uh, a first form uh, field on the divisional side. You know, have the first form bunkers out there, mm-hmm. like just all sorts of stuff like that. But like, yeah, man, there has to be, and we've been. Uh, obviously kind of trying to like test the waters um a lot of a lot of the pro guys use our stuff now which is awesome like like right. i want like a lot of the guys a lot of the big name guys use our stuff which rules um yeah uh but yeah like i mean it just comes down to people um showing true interest in it and and um i think that now one of the other differences with paintball now versus back when I used to play is it is way more athletic, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's like you, you do have to be an, an athlete to, to compete at least at the high level. Right. So, so, um, that, I think that's a good sign as far as, um, the future with outside industries coming into it. Um, uh, as far it just as far as credibility goes, you know, like you like the, there's real athletes now that, you know, it's not it's not just a bunch of old guys and like with like two fast kids on their team, you know. So yeah, right. So um, I it's think almost more good. marketable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like like um, visually even it's like everyone everyone's fast. Everyone uh, everyone does everything now. It's like uh it's good as a whole for the sport. I think that, uh, it's becoming that way with everyone becoming more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still don't think it's to the point where people are, uh, where the sport as a whole is going to be taking into consideration things like supplements or, um, uh, like high level fitness or things like that. Obviously right. we have guys like, uh, like mouse or, um, whoever that that really like put their all into their fitness and things in their health and stuff like that but like i still think that's a minority with paintball as a whole but i do see it i do see it changing though so yeah yeah have you talked to patty uh not really i i think i've 
talked to him a little bit on like Instagram a long yeah. time ago, but not not too much. But uh, I'm friends with some guys on his team though, so maybe yeah. one of these days. Definitely get to talk to Patty, man. He's a beast too. He's um yeah for sure. You know he has a yeah, podcast going. I've seen his stuff. Like he he's definitely a beast. So yeah, uh, and I've seen him. I've seen him play too. And like yeah, he's 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 awesome. So great I'm like great guy too. Cool uh cool story coming up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I heard his. Uh, I heard the podcast you did with him. Yeah, sounds awesome. Super inspirational, man. For sure. Well, hey, um, I would love to chat with you for a little bit after this, uh, and uh, and kind of pick your brain on a few more things. But, um, thank you for sitting down and and, and making this happen. I know we had a few little mm-hmm. hiccups with. <laughs> yeah, with Skype yeah. And, I would, like. I feel like I should have my technology and check a little bit better than I do, but. <laughs> Yeah. You think being the media guy for a, a, right, a multi-million yeah. dollar company, yeah, you know. Yeah, my own stuff doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's all good, dude. <laughs> well, hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I, I really do appreciate it, and um, hopefully we can uh, connect in the future and uh, and yeah, play paintball sure. together again. And, and, yeah, uh, man, I want to play 10-man so bad. Like, yeah. back 10 Are oh, you going to make God. it to ICC? I want to. I was supposed to play last, but I, like, totally forgot about it basically and like put it off too long to like make it happen um because like i had a team lined up and everything but right. uh because i played that uh i played that fight club 10 man with the shot guys oh yeah, yeah. and dude that was the most fun i've ever had and i will have to do it again if you definitely bring your camera and you should yeah you for should, sure I'm, you should take pictures yeah. and if you even if you're gonna play and even if you're not going to play, you should go. Yeah, no, that's, that goes regardless. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thank you again. Uh, I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, best of luck uh, in future endeavors with Andy and everything that's uh, going on. I'm, I'm really, really happy to see everything's working out for you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, man. See you, man. Later. Thank you, David. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, had a great time. And it was so interesting to hear kind of that take on working for a company um a a big entrepreneurial company entrepreneurial (laughs) i don't just just having somebody in the spotlight like like that is i guess it's like working for like gary v or or maybe it isn't i don't know i don't i don't it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around something like that because he, he seems like he enjoys his job so much and everybody who works there judging by uh david's instagram is everybody has a good time the the morale and the morals of that work environment are i mean that's i'm jealous man that that's so cool you don't really see that too often and uh, and being able to have the opportunity to work in a place like that is is very cool and um and yeah, and now he's heading over to be the lead photographer for Andy. So that's that's cool. Great things, man. Keep it up. You're doing awesome. And uh, and yeah, if you guys want any information about the podcast itself, please head over to theplayingonpodcast.com. Uh, also, if you would like or are interested in becoming a patron, uh, go ahead and head to patreon.com slash theplayingonpodcast. And uh and help us out. Give us a little help here, and um, you know, and all these uh, all these patrons that have been helping out. Thank you so much. It is greatly appreciated, and I am forever grateful for the help. Appreciate it. Ah, oh, another podcast. Oh yeah.
dude, I've had the worst luck trying to get these things out. I just had, I just had a, like a week of the stomach flu. It has been terrible, and I've been trying to get these things out. And if one thing or another doesn't happen, it's, it's a miracle. So I, it's ridiculous, dude. I, I man, this year has been wacky, wacky. No idea what's going on. Ay, yay, yay. But anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, please, if you are driving, don't text and drive. Listen to podcasts like this one. And uh, and yeah, it's been great. Thank you all so much. We'll see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.